What is up, everybody? This is Lance McCullers Jr. welcoming you to episode 11, a little night episode. Yeah, late episode. Baseball season just started, um, so we're going to be doing some late night episodes from now Woo! on. And we don't mind it. We got to bring that content out to you guys for sure. Yeah, man. You know, you know, a little late night, but no problems. But how's spring training been going for you so far? Uh, it's been going great, bro. I love spring training here in Houston. It's a lot easier. Oh, We're not getting burned we by the sun. Stay here. I, I haven't even put sunscreen one time during the spring training, which is crazy. Because nice. in Florida, is every single day. Yeah. But I love it. We're home. Uh, we get to face you guys, which are probably the best uh, rotation in the league. Um, so I, I'm loving this spring training. It's been great. What about you? How are you feeling? You feeling oh, I, I love spring training here, man. Wake up in the morning. No problem. Go into the field, couple hours, come home, watch you guys on the live stream. No sound though, uh, which is <laughs> brutes. But you know, overall, and you know, we get to watch the fights. Yeah, absolutely. We have some good fights um, this past week, and uh, we can't wait to talk about them. Some great fight nights. Uh, one of my favorite fight nights of all times. I agree uh, with you, bro. But, it was uh, fire. What was it Wednesday? Yeah, on Wednesday. So. Um, let's, let's fight out number one. All right. Well, without further ado, we're jumping right in. Any number one UFC fight Island. Number one recap coming live. All right, ladies and gentlemen, inning number one, baby and UFC fight Island one, as they were calling it lived up to everything we could have wanted and maybe more. Oh yeah. Way more. Maybe more. I mean, like it was like, was it better than UFC 251? I think so. It was when, when it comes to the fights, not the hype. I'm talking about just the fights, and you know, when you watch from the prelims, early prelims, and, yeah. and I saw a lot of potential, a lot of future UFC superstars that we're gonna get into in in a little bit. But I really enjoyed that fight night way more than UFC 251, bro. It was a really good fight night. You had the fight of the nights, and you had the uh, the KOs of the nights, all in the performance bonuses of the nights, rather, all in the prelims. Yep. So I love, shit I love to was see it, man. fire, bro. Those young boys trying to make a name for themselves. A couple of uh, debuts in the UFC as well. So we'll, we'll start from the we'll start from the top as we always do. We'll start from the from the reason everyone tuned in, yep. which was Mister Kelvin, the Boston finisher, Cater versus Dan fifty fifty G fifty K fifty K E Gay. Um, took home not 50k and also the L. <laughs> he, did. he did. It was a great fight. We tuned into this fight, fight because you know the featherweights. The division is so stacked. Like like we talk about the the lightweight division all the time. I love the featherweights. There's a lot going on in that division. And Cater is an upcoming star um, that was fighting Dan Ige. Came off a of a win against Barbosa and yeah. got and slid into the top ten barely. And uh, you know they they agreed to this fight and it was a great fight, man. I gotta tell you, Cater proved that he's the real deal. Um, it was his first five round fight and hitting gas. He he kept a good pace. I would say a great pace. It was a I great would say he, he, he kept he, a really solid pace he, throughout he, the fight. He was all over his face. I mean, he was uh, landing the the calf kick. He was landing the straight right like he always does. Um, he he looked really good, and Ige he's a solid fighter, man. I mean, he he stood up there with for five rounds. His eye was shut, man. Mm. He, he he got beat up bad. He did, and you know he didn't give up. He he kept fighting. I saw it four to one. Um, it was it was a clear clear cut victory for Cater, but Cater, man, he's got some good fights coming. He's the real deal. Yeah, I was really impressed with uh, with Calvin. I thought it was going to be a much quicker night. I didn't think it was going to go all 25. Dan, um, you know, Dan 50, 50K, 50 GE gay, he impressed me a little bit. 
Um, you know, he's a Hawaiian. He's a tough dude. I thought their Barbosa fight um, showed me a lot. I know that a decision was controversial. I thought possibly Barbosa had won, but even in that fight, he showed me he had the ability to recognize and stand. You know, his his thing is is the ground game. It's the wrestling mm-hmm. game. But he proved to me he could stand with elite strikers because I know Edison Barbosa toward the end of his career. But he's he's the he's he's a Muay Thai legend. I mean, mm-hmm. the way he fights. So, um, Cater impressed me with his ability to keep pace. He impressed me with his chin. He took some bombs. Yeah, he did. He impressed me with his patience because in three round fights, we would call that maybe not settling in in time, but in a five round fight, that's called patience. So he had really good patience. He let the fight kind of unfold a little bit before he really started mixing it up. And um, his wrestling and his grappling impressed me. Um, I'm two for two so far on the on my on my underrated grappling callouts as of recent. Um, one was Masvidal, two mm-hmm. was Cater. I knew he had had the the wrestling background, and he 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 trains at a really heavy grappling forward gym up there in Boston. So, you know, I was surprised he took this fight because of what we saw risky. with Ige. Because Very Ige risky. is tough, he got good hands, and he's and and he can and he can grapple. Um, but as we mentioned last last time, this division is so stacked. You got Holloway who just fought um, Volkswagen. You got Zabit who everyone knows who actually had fought Cater before. Mm-hmm. Brian Ortega is going to fight um, the Korean zombie and Zabit, as I mentioned, is going to fight Yuri Rodriguez. So Cater's kind of sitting there saying, Frank Yeager's going down. Josh Emmett's hurt. I just KO'd Jeremy Stevens in sexy fashion. Danny Gay, you're up, bro. And um, he took a risk, but he proved a lot to me. Yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed um, re-watching that fight is that he has a tendency of leaning left when he's going to throw that right. You know what I mean? He's 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 in the pocket right there, and then he throws the jab, and he starts leaning this way to fucking get a, yeah. get a he straight like, he right. He likes to throw the straight right. Yeah, and against guys As, like Sabit, Holloway, you know, they're going to read that on the yeah. video. You know what I mean? Every time you're popping that jab, you're leaning this way, they're going to catch you with those hooks. They're going to catch you with those high kicks. Um, So I think he'll clean or that up. Or those are the times that they're going to come underneath and take you down. Exactly. Yeah. So I think he needs to clean that up a little bit. It was a little predictable. Like on the third round, after we saw a couple rounds, we were like, oh, yeah, he's going to throw that again. And yeah. he'll start leaning, 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 and throw the right hand. Um, Against elite fighters, like the top three, top four, five right there on the, on the division, he needs to clean that up. But definitely he's got the the talent to compete with these guys and for sure he's gonna be a future contender at the at the featherweight division yeah i agree i mean um you know dan uh, i don't know where he goes from here he needs to rest up i think shane burgos would be a good fight for dan two guys in the in the top 15 um mm-hmm. but Oof. that that could be rough for dan as well because shane and not going night night and uh He's got pop in his hands, but Cater's just got to wait it out, man. Uh, Holloway is just coming off of that. Another controversial L. Zabit uh, is going to go against Rodriguez, Ortega versus Korean Zombie. So, bro, if I'm Calvin Cater, bro, I want a straight t- shot to the title. No faster way to get there than to beat Mr. Number One. And that would be his biggest test of his career. Max Bless, that, that would be a great fight. He already called out Volkanovski. He said, oh, all these guys are calling you out from the couch. I'm fighting, I'm fighting. I fought twice during this pandemic and yeah. I, I'm i the only fighter with actually two wins during the, when the pandemic started. Yeah. So it'll be a good fight, but I don't think he's quite there yet. You know, Dan Ige, he's a good fighter, but I don't think his IQ is to a level of, of a top five oh, no. opponent. Why? Because 
Cater is heavy on his front foot, and he had those calf kicks for days, and yep. he was not throwing that many of them. And if you want to slow a, a power puncher like Cater, Dan, Dan had the front the front kick for days. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't yeah. tossing and he was and he wasn't yeah. throwing it to Cater. And if you want to slow him down and you want to take some of the power off, you got to attack those legs. Agreed. And he was not doing that. As we see, he Volk, tried some takedowns. Volkanovski does. Yeah, he tried some takedowns. They were not there. Okay. So try to take down and then go with the overhand. You know what I mean? Try to switch it up. But he was just sitting in the pocket, getting punched. The IQ was not great. So when they, when Calvin Cater goes up with Balka and Holloway and, you know, all these guys, he's going to have to make some adjustments. But for sure, he's the real deal. And I like the fact that you said Chain Burgers versus Dan Ige because that's going to be a war. Be a war, man. Chain, Chain Burgers wants to get hit. I mean, this dude is hands down, chin up, and he wants to trade. Yeah, so we mentioned a couple podcasts ago when I was watching this Chain Burgers versus Josh Emmett in, um, like little like pre-fight uh, hype video. Uh, he said, I'm not afraid to get, to get one, to give one. And I was like, ah, oh, damn, it's going to be another one of those nights. Um, but it would be a good fight. So uh, good main event, solid main event. Um, your boy, Jimmy Rivera, man, versus Cody Stamen mm. looked really, really good on just about six days notice. Yeah, he looked very crisp. And, you know, he said his cardio wasn't there, but he to me, he looked fine. I mean, I he, was, he looked good. He was still going at it in the third round. Cody's is no bum. He's a real fighter. He's really solid. I think Jimmy did what he needed to do, man. He kept the distance. He was uh, catching him on the way yes, in. Yes, he was. I mean, he put up a great performance, and, you know, I'm happy for him. And this guy is a solid fighter that lost three out of the last four, but he lost to elite competition. You know, yeah, he, he lost, lost to, to Jan, the top three guys in that division. Yeah. Jan, Jan Aljo, and, and Morales. Morales. I mean, that's, that's a tough lineup to go through. So it's good to see him in the win column once again, and he's got some good fights ahead of him, man. He's yeah. back He's back for a top five opponent. The difference in this fight was simply Cody didn't have enough time or couldn't figure out the distance of Rivera. Rivera is yeah. a much smaller fighter, but his arms are, are hanging down to his ankles. I mean, this dude has length for days, and uh, and and like you mentioned, Dan probably should have done. He was he was using those kicks, yeah. and he was slowing Cody down. And then Cody st started getting desperate into the second and third round, and realized he had to be the one to start the engagement. And 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 Jimmy was catching him. So I was impressed with with, with Jimmy. Man, you mentioned the guys he lost to. Um, this guy, this guy is for real too. And those he's sit, kicks, he's sitting bro. there at number eight. I mean, this division is stacked too, bro. We talk about, you know, uh, we talk about 155 and 145. I mean, bro, this division, listen, listen to this. Peter Yan, who just put a masterful performance against Jose Aldo, who's no bum. Mm -hmm. Marlon Marias, number we'll one. probably get the shot for the title. The way, the way things are going, he might get the next shot. <laughs> Again? Yeah, I think so. Aldo? No, uh, Marias. Oh, yeah. It'll oh, yeah, the next shot. I think so. So you got Jan Marias, you got Sterling, you have former champion Cody Garbrandt, you have Cody Sanhagen, who's a bad man who just lost to Sterling. You have Pedro Munoz, who's 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 a great fighter. Jose Auto six and Asunkao is seven. I don't think he should be above Jimmy, but you have Jimmy and then Cody. I mean, bro, Dominic Cruz 11. Dude, this division is and dude, do not forget we're going to touch on later is Figueredo. Yeah. Can fight at 135. Sean O'Malley, 14, bro. Sean O'Malley. Oh, I didn't even see him down Sean there. My boy Sean, in. he broke in. <laughs> Sean O'Malley. My boy 14. Sean broke in. Bro, Pedro Munoz. I think that's the next fight for Jimmy Rivera. For you guys that don't know Whoa. who Pedro Munoz is, he's the last guy to sleep Cody Garbrandt. We all know who Cody Garbrandt is, champion, one of the youngest champions in UFC history. He needs to fight um, 
Pedro Munoz needs to fight Jimmy Rivera. That would yeah. be a solid, solid fight. And Pedro, Pedro the young Punisher Munoz would be a hell of a fight. Mm -hmm. So talking about hell of fights and uh, debuts, I believe, you got the sniper, Lazez. Wow. I'm probably not saying that name right, but he was um, it was Alsan versus Lazez. And Sounds the, right to me. The funny story behind this was there was a guy at a, either a birthday party or a wedding, whatever the story was, that told Dana he needed to sign this guy. This guy had all the tools that he could be a really good UFC fighter, bro. And did he ever put on a freaking clinic, wow. striking clinic, fight of the night, and he's the sniper for a reason, bro. Tell me what you saw a little bit of that fight and 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 how you see maybe his career uh, could possibly be unfolding. Well, first of all, the first thing I noticed was that he's got probably the best chin in the whole roster. Oof. I mean, Al Hassan is no bum. This guy hits you with bombs. This guy hits like a truck. And he landed some bombs in the first round. I'm, I'm thinking over there, oh, the fight is over. Lasses is done. Yeah. The sniper is dead. And all <laughs> of a sudden, this guy just starts smiling back at him. And he's like, come on, keep going. That's all you got. And then when he started striking, bro, so crisp. I mean, so creative. The, the the lead elbow that he was throwing through the middle of his guard. You know what I mean? It, it was impressive. Uh, spinning the combos, back elbows. The combos. The legs. He looks so fluid. He looks so natural. He looked like such a natural at his craft. And I love to see it, man. It, it was it was one of the best performances I've seen in a in a fight night from a debut. And Unbelievable. The best one is one that we're going to talk about soon. Probably but next. this was a close <laughs> second. I mean, this guy is taking shots trading shots, landing more than Al-Hassan. And he put up a great performance to win fight of the night and win his debut at the UFC and impress everybody. Now we're going to follow this guy. And this guy's going to be a superstar. Bro, not only that, dude, I'm sitting here. We had 114 total strikes. You had significant strikes, 98 significant strikes. We landed 60% of his striking. 55 of those landed for significant. And four of four on the takedowns. Yeah. I mean, talk about a guy who just... Seems like he has it all. And, uh, bro, I mean, I was just super, super just watching it. It was like one of those beautiful fights to watch because those are the fights you want to watch, man. Like, I know there has to be a winner, has to be a loser, but like those are the fights that get that get you to the next level, even the guys who lose those fights because yep. you get better as the fight goes on as a competitor, bro. And so I'm very excited to see um, where his where his career goes. He he seems to be the total package. And I mean, my man is absolutely shredded. Talk about the whole package, bro. Takedown, striking, leg kicks, everything. He's got everything. And, you know, we can't wait to see this guy. Um, his future is going to be so bright, bro. What what division is he in? Uh, I think he fought at 180. 180? He's Maybe. a big boy, eh? Yeah. 185? Yeah, 185. I remember, I, I mean, I'll look it up in a second, but I remember looking at him walking in thinking like this man is this man this is a big dude for yeah. for this weight so i wasn't i mean pre-fight i was kind of like watching it i yeah. wasn't like locked in and then all of a sudden i start seeing this man throw these these combos with leg kicks i see him taking the chin so uh very Walter impressive Wade. man Walter weight right yeah. there Walter weight wow, right there 170 bro 170 holy smokes the confidence that he showed too bro when he was in the octagon you see a lot of people nervous I mean, when you see this guy in the octagon when Bruce Buffer was announcing, I mean, you're like, there's no way this guy's going to lose. Yeah. I mean, he was just relaxed, bro, ready to brawl. Talking about guys ready to brawl. Talk to me about, I'm going to do the best I can to pronounce Whoa. his name. Kamzat 
Chimav? Chimaev. Chimaev? That's the not wolf. bad. Let's just call him We're the gonna wolf. We're going to call him the wolf from here on out. I mean, you want to talk about absolutely demolishing your opponent in your USC debut. I wanted to talk about this, bro, because this is the most impressive. It was his debut. Yeah, the most impressive debut that I've seen in a long time. Talk to me about the strikes. Yeah. Talk to me about the strike difference. 124 to two. I mean, you've never guys, seen this before. Guys, in a listen UFC to that. Debut. 124 strikes he threw and landed, and the other guy threw two. Yeah. Landed two. I mean, this, this guy two. This guy is a different level. He's seven and no. He's the wolf. I was talking to Mick Maynard. And he said that this guy was there in Abu Dhabi. They offered him a contract. He said, yeah, I will fight. And this guy's going to fight again next Saturday. This I mean, Saturday he coming fought, up. He just fought John, John Phillips. He put on a clinic, bro. 124 to two. I mean, the way he threw that high kick into a takedown. Bro. I've never seen that before. I've never seen somebody throw a high kick and take that to a takedown. It was clean. It was it was the technique that he used on the ground to put him against the fence and then control him, land the elbows, change the posture, switch sides, and just land clean the shots. Absolute. He reminded me of Habib. The absolute sheer strength of this man. He knocks this dude down in the first. I don't know. He five he, seconds. He, five seconds he's, he goes for the legs, takes him down the middle of the octagon. Literally has the double underhooks in. Picks him up three separate times, back to back to back, and puts him up against the cage and goes to work. 124 strikes, as we said, 89% total strikes landed. If I had to guess, that's probably a UFC debut record. 83% of those strikes, 43, significant. And two of two of takedowns, an absolute mauling. Now, John, the <laughs> Welsh wrecking machine, Phillips, had no business being in the same octagon as this man, but that does not take away from the absolute skill he showed the other night. I was I was blown away by this dude. He fought at 185. And, he and he's at known 170. 170. So this guy's going to be a problem hey, in hey, that hey, division. Hey, hey, hey. Let's go the wolf versus sniper. Oof. And Damn, let's God. go the wolf versus sniper. And let's see who the best, the best young... Uh, debut. Let's just sway a little is. bit. Let's let's build up the hype around these guys. Let, let them let them get a couple oh. more knockouts and then and then they fight, bro. I I think the wolf and the sniper are gonna be in the top ten very very soon, and that fight will be great. I think the grappling that um the wolf showed is next level, bro. You see Habib bro. and what he's doing to people at one fifty five. I think this guy's gonna do the same to the one seventies. And there are a lot of strikers in that division that they will want no business. No with this business. Guy. Bro. No business. His his official nickname is Boars, yeah. uh, but we're gonna call him the Wolf. Yeah. Um, extremely impressive. Got performance of the night. Um, is fighting again this Saturday. So guys, if you're listening to this, and you. You are hearing us speak on this guy. Go watch him this Saturday. Please. Check out how unbelievable he is. And our last fight we're going to talk about, which is another kind of kind of crazy, weird TKO, is Bukaskis mm. TKO'd Andres um, at the end of the first round. So if you haven't watched the fight, at the very end of the first round, Andres was winning the fight. I don't know what he decided to do, but he kind of went at him those last like 10, 12 seconds, got him up against the cage and Bukaskis, who in his last fight did a very similar um, 
moved, TKO, started dropping elbows on this dude, caught him in the back of the head right above the ear, and uh, and he was seeing stars. Yeah, it, it, I mean, Andreas was having such a great round, and for the fight to end like that, for me, it was kind of like, ah, come on, I wanted to see more from these guys. But honestly, that, show, that shows you right there the level of these grapplers like Habib, Usman, the Wolf. These guys are constantly trying to take you down. You never see them get on a choke. You never see them get uh, dropped with elbows like that because the head position is so perfect and the technique is so good that they don't get caught with those. He went for the takedown. He left the the neck, a li- uh, the, the, the head a little yeah, exposed. Yeah, it, it was up on the ribs, yeah. down on the hip. And then um, he started landing elbows on him, bro, and they were totally legal. I mean, you had to see him back there but wow, they were bro. legal and he dropped them and then they opened the cage at that time he tried to lean on the fence and he went through the through a uh, door opening and you know the the referee called the fight he thought he was done but he was really stunned i mean no was, i mean he he was he was, was he was asking him he said you know he said andres like talk to me how you doing you know he was kind of feeling his way up off the canvas and then he kind of was rolling over i think to get up and he realized he couldn't get up so he leaned back and of course mm-hmm. the door was open fell right through the cage. But even when the ref waved it off, there was no, there was no um, argument. Like, argument. There was no like second doubts. I mean, this guy, you could see in his eyes, like he didn't know where he, he was. He didn't know where he was. He didn't like, know he was in Jazz Island. No, he thought he was, you know, I don't know where. You he know, was at the apex. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I we, thought the octagon was smaller. <laughs> are we in Jacksonville? Oh, <laughs> uh, so um, uh, Modestus, Bukaskis, um, a light, a light heavyweight bout right there. And uh, he he didn't look great, I didn't think, I on, to on the feet. I was definitely leaning toward on uh, Andreas just looking better in that first round. Was kind of almost impressed and was kind of wondering Bukaskis's overall game plan. And then, blink of an eye, man. Yeah, I was one elbow, say, and that's they, it. They, they gave him what performance of the night. Yeah. I mean, for me, that was it's just some elbows he landed. You know, they were good, but... For me, that's not a performance of the night. But for me, he didn't look that impressive. He doesn't look like he's going to be a superstar as of now. Right. Maybe he will fix some things and clean it up a little bit. But um, it, w- it was a fun fight to watch for sure. For yeah. a round, I would say. Yeah. So that was just a little bit. We also had uh, uh, Murphy winning uh, via TKO in the first round uh, versus Ricardo Ramos. It was an uh, amazing, uh, amazing knockout. And he also got performance of the night. So as I was mentioning, a lot of those performance and fight of the nights in in the prelims so guys this is free for everybody to watch so do you remember, these cards are for real do you remember when uh we were in new york for ufc 244 do i ever and we were talking to dana after johnny walker got ko'd yeah and he said we that's sad. what happens when you fuck around in this sport and when you talk about Liam Murphy right there, Leroy Murphy, Ricardo Ramos was fucking around, bro. Yeah. He was just showboating, trying to be flashy, and he then he caught. got caught. He and got then caught. you're done. This is not the game you want to be flashy. This is a game you want to take care of business and go at it and try to finish your opponent. And he yeah. got finished just because of that. And it reminds me of that when Dana told yeah. us you can't fuck around in I this I mean, sport. guys, that's a good point. I mean, we, we've seen legends, bro. Mm-hmm. Fuck around. Silva, bro. Silva. Against Whiteman. Against Whiteman. Chris Whiteman. Got... Got TKO because he was messing around, caught him going backwards. I mean, these you in this game, you got to be locked in. Like you can't do what the what the what the redhead guy did a couple fights ago, <laughs> Alpha Ginger, <laughs> Alpha Ginger, and and get up off the mat with ten seconds left and then get dropped. Yeah, uh, you got to be locked in. But uh, like I was saying, guys, these fights they are. 
They are for real, and they are some amazing fights. You guys are missing out on it if you're not watching. It's free for everyone on ESPN. Uh, so this Saturday, make sure y'all tune in. And that's it from probably my favorite or top couple favorite fight nights of all time. You agree with me? I totally agree with you. We're texting like, this is the best. <laughs> this is the best freaking fight night ever. Yeah, you get free we text, fights. We texted Mick after the fights. We're like, dude, that fight night was crazy. Yeah, all right. So when you see, when you have a fight night and you have like four fights that could be fight of the night and then you have like six guys that could be performance of the night, that's when you know. Yeah. Right there. When you have the main card that Calvin Cater hasn't fought on not a um you know a main a main UFC event I don't think in in a couple fights yeah so shit's good bro all right any two coming up we're gonna recap UFC fight island number two a lot of other good fights on this card and some serious flyweight and uh, welterweight um you know implications in in in, in this round so here we go any number two. Alrighty, inning number two. And as I mentioned in the previous inning, we are recapping UFC Fight Night Island number two. And this was the Figueredo and Benavides two uh, flyweight uh, championship bout. And um, guys, if you didn't see this fight, wow. uh, don't watch it. I'll save you the time. Uh, Jitsu Joe, as much as we love and respect him, got that ass beat. Yeah, if, if if you're not a heavy MMA fan or if you're going to watch a fight for the first time, <laughs> please don't one. watch this fight because it's not going to be the fight for you. I mean, there was there was a murder in this fight. Um, Figueredo murder our boy Joe Jitsu, and it was bad. It was bad. We felt bad because we love Joe. He's a legend of the sport. We wanted to see him win a championship. He's the OG of the yeah. flyweight division. Yeah, but the truth is that we both knew that he stood no chance against this beast. And I'm telling you, the flyweight <sighs> division is a division that hasn't been promoted for years in the UFC. Why? Because these guys don't, not, don't knock people out. They don't put people to sleep. It's, it's, it's not the fight that you want to see as a real MMA fan. You want to see hard punches, you want to see great grappling, and you, but I, let me tell you now, I'm not a fan of the flyweight division, but now with this guy sitting at the top of the throne Bro. and all these fights that we've been seeing throughout these fight nights with a lot of flyways putting up great performances, I'm getting excited about the flyweight division once again. Bro, talk to them. This about, is a nasty boy right them, here. Bro. Talk to him. This is a this is a vicious, blood sucking, soul sucking savage <laughs> in that cage, bro. Dude, I don't know who wants to fight this man. Mm -mm. He has got, I mean, he has un, like he, he does he, this type of power that he possesses doesn't come around very often in, in the flyweight division, bro. He hit Joe in the early going. There wasn't any real grappling. There wasn't really any, any big kicks or previous damage to the never. face. Not often. Never. We never see. Yeah. I never like seen this, this. But, what I, but, I'm, but what I was trying to say is that like you, there was, so he, he knocked him down in the first minute and he clipped him on like the back of the head with a, with the over with, with, with the hook. right hook and he didn't land clean, bro. And, and Joe went down and he spent the next two minutes fighting for his life against wow. the, um, rear naked choke. And he knocked him down three more times within three minutes. And then instead of just finishing him on in the mount, which he could have, mm -hmm. he said, you know what? My man's Joe has been talking a little bit of shit. He's never been finished. I'm going to flip this man over and He's put him- submitted. Submitted, yeah. yeah, sorry. Put him in literally the most retching rear naked choke, and I'm not letting go. 
and he sure as hell didn't, bro. He was Joe was out before he could even tap. Yeah, bro. I mean, when you talk when we talk about the whole package, he checks every single box. When you look at the champions in the UFC, you look at Balkanovsky. You know, he got taken down at ease with Chad Mendes. You look at Habib. His striking is not the most the most crisp. You look at Kamar Usman. His striking is not the most crisp. You look at Israel Adesanya. Can't he grapple. Can, he, he can grapple as good as some guys. But when you look at Davidson Figueredo. You look at a small version of John Jones. Yes. You look at exactly. You look at the flyweight version of John Jones with power. I mean, this guy is going to put you to sleep. If you go to the ground, his jiu-jitsu is off the charts. He's so good on the ground. I mean, whatever the fight goes, he will beat you. He's fast. He's strong. He's, he's vicious. He's got the technique. I mean, he's the perfect fighter. If you were to create a fighter for a division, this is the type of fighter you want to create. And he's so exciting to watch. And I can't wait to see more of him. He said on the post-fight interview that he's going to be an active champion. And this is what we love. So it's going to be good to see this guy fight every three months because this guy is a monster. Yeah, bro. I want to. We talked about it. We were texting last night. And we said we want to see him defend the, defend the belt twice. Yep. Whoever's there. I think Moreno's there. And, then, and then some other guys are, are floating near. And then I want to see him bump up. I want to see him fight Jan. Yeah, bro. I mean, he can go. Or, whoever, or whoever's up there right at the time. He's huge for that division. I hope he doesn't miss weight ever again, but he's huge for that division. Well, I got to get props to him, bro, because if you guys saw the the fights last night, you heard the tough week he had. He had a false positive test. Mm-hmm. He had a tough time getting there in general. He had to weight cut in his room. I think by himself. Mm-hmm. So like this man did miss weight the first time him and uh, Benavides went for the for the belt the first time, but he's not a guy who misses weight a lot. I think that may have been his first time. And the, in the fashion he did it this time reassures me that um, that it was a mis- it was just a one time mistake. Yeah, I mean when you, when you talk about performances of the night. That's what That's performance what you're talking of the about. night looks like. And, you know, I got to give credit to Joe. I mean, the first time the choke was in. I'm talking about in. All the way in. Hands, bro. His eyes were up. He fought those hands and got off. And I got to give him props. Because most fighters would be like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to tap. He didn't tap. He got out of there. He got he got another chance to maybe win the fight. Then he got dropped twice again, and then the choke was way too deep, man. Yeah. Do you see? Do you see the way he was? Bro, he was forward? cranking on it, oh man. Oh my god, bro! He had he had he had the locks in. He was cranking. The dude. screenshot you sent me of Joe's face, I couldn't see it, man. I felt so bad for should him. We put it up, should we put it up? No, no, let's not put it up, bro. Because we respect Joe too much. Yeah, yeah, and we respect Megan also. Yeah. She's. I do. Such a great reporter. So we respect them both. But wow, bro, the performance of Figueredo. I mean, Joe had no chance, brother. They yeah, could- man, guys, guys just come along and, you know, nothing, I mean, Joe has been an amazing ambassador for the UFC. He's been a, a, an active fighter. I think he's got almost 30 pro fights, a yeah, bunch in the UFC. He was, he's the OG 125 uh, when he dropped down. So, bro, so much respect to him. But, dude, sometimes guys just come around and, and and they're just they're just playing on better than every, than everybody else. Yeah, no disrespect to to these fighters, but like I told you on the text, he didn't get as lucky as guys like Luke Rockhold and and all these guys that got to face okay fighters for the yeah. championship. I mean, this guy fought Mighty Mouse twice. He's the goat of the flyweights, and they had to face this guy twice for the championship belt. 
Like he never caught a break to win the championship. He faced monsters to win the championship and he came up short. But at the end of the day, he's a legend. Uh, he did he, he did so many great things for his sport. I heard he's not going to retire. He's going to keep fighting. Yeah. He knew that was his last title run yep. um, of his career, but he will keep fighting. He loves the sport. So we yeah, can't he wait says to he wants to go out on a, on, a, on, a, on a top note. Um, which which is respectable. I hope he gets a fight that, you know, he likes and he can handle and he wins and he goes out on top. Yeah. Um, you know, so Jack Hermanson, number six. The Joker. The Joker fighting Kevin Gusalum, which was Kevin was basically, you know, had gained a lot of popularity after the those Whitaker brawls and after the Izzy brawl. They mm -hmm. fought the other night. And uh Gustalum has never spent time grappling, apparently. Never missed spent time on the mat. <laughs> because he, he missed the jiu-jitsu classes. <laughs> <laughs> he skipped them. <laughs> My man's he skipped them uh because that was a uh that was that was tough. That was a tough watch. Because yeah, I was expecting a lot more from that fight. <laughs> you know, when we talk about fighting IQ, right here is where you see that he didn't have a good plan for that fight. You know the Joker is gonna try to take you down. You know he doesn't. That's what he mind. does. You know he doesn't mind being on his back. I don't care how good you are, or how good you think you are. You don't mess with a guy like Jack Hermanson on the ground. Even if you drop him, you tell him to get up. Get up. You don't fuck with them on the ground. This guy got off the first ankle uh, lock and the heel hook. Yeah. He had a heel hook the first time he got off. And then Jack stayed on the ground, and then he went back on the ground. So like, why, Kelvin? I'm gonna break it down. So Jack and Kelvin got locked up um, somewhere near the middle middle of the octagon, and mm -hmm. Jack went for a uh, went for a takedown, and Kelvin actually reversed it. Yep, he reversed the takedown and he slammed him. He landed on top, and he had full mount when he was on top. Literally, no more than ten seconds went by, and Jack already had the butterflies in because there was no pressure on the hips of uh, of Kevin to hold this guy down. You are in full mount, bro. You had a beautiful position to do some damage. And then like Carlos said- but Was he on full mount or full guard? He was a full guard, I'm sorry, but you, yeah. still, had, you still had the opportunity to, he hadn't, he hadn't totally cleared, he yeah. wasn't in full mount, but he was on top, he had, he had the strong position mm -hmm. and he had the opportunity to do some damage down there and get out. But he had no hip pressure and he immediately went for some elbows and Jack slipped underneath. So when Jack slipped underneath, he got the butterflies in, he got the hook and he kicked him off, okay? Yeah, he got his leg. He kicked oh. him off. And then instead of doing what you said to do, and, and Guslam could have said, stand up. My man's went back for more. You're a striker, Guslam. You're a striker. He went back for more. And this was this was the, the beginning of the end. Because mm -hmm. when he went back, as you mentioned, um, Jack is very comfortable on his back. And the second Gus Lopes came back in, he slipped right under his left armpit again and grabbed that left leg. Mm -hmm. And and then um and then Gaslam tried to spin out and he needed all he really needed to do um was kick off his ass and uh, Jack would have probably let go but he just laid down yeah it was early in the fight too so there was no sweat so um, he just Jack, laid down yeah Jack had that grip and then when he put that right leg over the left leg he was locked down man and it was over I mean Kelvin you know a lot of people expected better. Um, from a veteran like him. Yeah. Um, he's been, you know, he fought the champion and put up a great fight. But, you know, sometimes it happens. You get caught, you got to bounce back and, 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 and fight and hit the reset button and, and then find uh, your groove once again. So hopefully he finds it. He needs to fight strikers, man. I, I like the left hand from, from Gasolin, but 
Um, I don't know what's next for him. That's three losses in a row for him. So we'll see where yeah, he goes. So he from lost here. to Izzy. He lost to Till New York. Yeah. And now he's lost to Jack. Yeah. But Jack now, he's got options, bro. I mean, he he wants the winner of Whitaker versus Till. So this this should be fun, man. This this, this weight division doesn't excite me too much, but it's, it's getting good. Well, he's not going to get the winner of Whitaker and Till because the winner of Whitaker and Till is set up for a championship bout right think, after Izzy fights um, Costa. You think Whitaker will fight Izzy again? Whitaker, Izzy. Why not? Still? It was a KO. It was not like it was close. I don't think it, I don't think he cares. You yeah. think like from the UFC standpoint? I think so. I, I think if Whitaker wins, Whitaker gets um, Jack. But if Till wins, Till goes for the winner. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I just don't. I mean, Whitaker, I wouldn't want to fight uh, Jack Fouts Whitaker. I'd rather fight Izzy again. Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, Jack Jack is a bad man. Yeah, I'd rather fight Izzy again. But Jared, um, Jared Cannonier, he's 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 a challenger. Yeah, already. he's been knocking people out. He Cold. knocked he knocked uh, he knocked Jack out second yeah. round yeah. Uh, last time. You know, I mean, Jack. You know, he's fought Souza. You know, he's fought he's fought some dudes in this division. I, you know, I wouldn't say he's fought the the who's who's mm -hmm. of division. Uh, he's kind of snuck up there into a pretty good ranking, and then. He beat uh, he beat Gustalum, which uh, was number seven. So I think Jack I think Jack <laughs> needs to fight a couple more times before he starts wanting to fight for uh, number one contenders. Let spots. me ask you a question: Why didn't he call out Joel Romero? Because nobody wants to fight that guy, bro. <laughs> nobody wants to fight. This Literally, nobody <laughs> wants to fight. Till refuses to fight him. Yeah, bro. Um, I mean, Romero's four. Why don't you want to fight number four? Izzy basically didn't fight him. Yeah. I. Uh, Nobody wants to fight this dude. I mean, he's yeah. The last time I really saw someone, I mean, he went he went at it with Costa. He went oh, yeah. after it. He, oh, yeah. They went after That's it. That's why I like our Costa and easy yeah. fight. Costa's gonna bring the fight. Costa's she. I'm excited for that fight, bro. Yeah. If he makes weight, my man's looks like he's a 250 pound bodybuilder right now. Yeah, but um, Jack, impressive. Uh, Kelvin, I like you. You got to go to jujitsu class. <laughs> you got, it'd be like if I skip my bullpens every time, you know, you're not going to perform well. Yep. Um, but moving on away from that, we had another, another UFC debut and mm. uh, Raphael Faziv. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Faziv is right. Raphael Faziv versus Mark Dykesy. 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 And let me tell you, if you guys like striking, my boy, Marco Carter-Williams, who <laughs> doesn't listen to our podcast, uh, but if you're a striking fan, this was this was the fight for you. Yep. If, if, if you like kickboxing and you like just standing up and trading blows, this was the fight for sure. Uh, Fisi put on a clinic. He shows some of the Matrix moves, and he was very impressive, man. He he put up with a tough guy like Marty Akesi, and it was, it was a great fight just because these guys are just so crips on their kickboxing. I mean, they're so good at what they do, but my man Fisib just just was a tick better than uh, the Akesi. The, the volume was more, the technique was better. He was passing the punches and countering. On the way back, he was landing some power punches also in those body kicks, bro. bro. I could feel them. You I could mean, hear them. With no crowd, you can hear dude, everything. And they were so loud nasty. and powerful. Yeah. Bro, shout out to both of these men for standing up for three absolute action-packed rounds. Um, was this fight of the night? This was fight of the yeah, night, which was well-deserved. And yeah. if you guys saw the video, um, 
Raphael was extremely excited that they got the fight of the night. But man, talk about an absolute standing war. And like I mentioned, the, the, the other inning, these are the fights. If you are a fighter and up and coming UFC, you, you are, if you're in these fights, win or lose, you are going to get rebooked yeah. and you are going to get paid better because they know Dana knows the fight is coming mm-hmm. and he knows what to expect. He can put you on a card and he yeah. knows the excitement is going to be there, bro. Everyone glued to the TV. I watched that fight three times. Yeah, no, it was a great fight. And you know, when the season starts, I feel like we we have no chance to watch the prelims because you know the game ends at ten. By the time the third fight we're, of the main we're, card we're is going on, yeah, we're, we're rushing, rushing to the, the house. Main so like we don't get to appreciate the upcoming talent from the prelims. But now that we've been home and we're doing the podcast and and we're locked in in every fight. I can appreciate how great the prelims are now that we have the time. And we're going to miss some of them now with the season starting, but we might go back and rewatch. Um, but man, it was it was just so great to watch these dudes uh, put on a show for all the MMA fans. This is what we love to see. Dana White is putting this events for them to just go out and put up this performance. Man, I feel, I, I'm telling you, I've told you like three uh, episodes to go. I think Dana's going in these locker rooms and telling these guys, hey, you want to make big boy money? Yeah. You better start finishing dudes off like yeah. Connor did. And if you want to be like Masvidal and Connor and make those millions of dollars, look at the resume. Just chaos everywhere. And they're trying to go for the finish, bro. Bro, this is, this is how you grow as a fighter, as a fan base. I mean, like you said, my appreciation for the prelims, you know, before the podcast like you said, with baseball, but even even in the off seasons, the fight nights, we would watch the main card and maybe the maybe the main event of the prelims before the mm-hmm. card going. I mean, bro, I'm glued to the TV, listening to these guys talk about the prelims because I've just my my appreciation for the prelims and these guys coming up and watching these guys make debuts and being able to follow these guys from early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you don't always get the hype of a Connor. I followed Connor from his very first fight in the UFC, but that's because he had hype. Mm-hmm. He was a two-time, you know, belt winner and whatever cage warrior. cage warrior he was fighting. So um like you said, bro, they're free, man. Y'all watch these fights. You're gonna fall in love with some of these fighters. Like I said, Roman <laughs> Dolby dose. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> We're just gonna call him Roman, bro. This was this a names. fight. This was a fight that I never probably would have watched before. He was fighting um, <laughs> Ibrab Gimov. He was fighting him, and um, you know they're talking. Roman's a 32 year old. He's six and zero in his UFC career. He this he's saying you know um, I was hearing um, the them talking about this isn't really what he wants to do this isn't his goal to be the UFC champion yada yada my man's comes out here you know the first two minutes were kind of touch and feel UFC yeah. debut you know whatever bro he landed a couple of punches on this dude and then he landed a knee that f- that f- sent this guy either into the future or back into the past because <laughs> my man finally got to his feet. He was permanently cross-eyed. Yeah, It's like he had saw something very scary because, and then after he had got the knockout, he turned back to the, to the booth and said, you know, this, this is not my, um, my dream or whatever, but this is my goal. He, he was pissed yeah. and then he screamed at him after he knocked him out. I mean, he vicious again. Yeah. 
It was I, I missed that fight. I was in the middle of a game. Um, I got home kind of late for the fights, but I need to rewatch that one because I missed that one. I just, I just saw the highlight. But before we move on, I want to point out something that I noticed on the on the last three, four fights that I watched last night. And I want to shout out my boy, John Anik, because John Anik was not there yeah, last night. I already direct messaged him today. I said, yeah. bro, bro, I, I, mean, I miss you. Are you he, coming back? He made a post like two weeks ago talking about how he was doing the script and how, how much work it takes and how he needs to like sometimes let the other guys talk and, you know, have that right chemistry. I mean, last night on the main event, all three guys were talking over each other. You don't see that with John Anik, Joe Rogan, DC, or, you know, Bisping, all those guys. And I, I noticed last night, and I got to appreciate the hard work that the best ever John Anik is doing out there. Because this man knows when to talk, and he knows when to give the spotlight to the other guys. Because last yeah. night on the fight, bro. It was choppy. When Figueredo, when they were trying to break down that Figueredo finish, bro, all three of them were talking at the same time. And it was kind of messy. It was choppy. So John Anik, you're the true GOAT, brother. Shout out to our homie stash looking right. Um, I hope you're back. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Paul Felder. It was Bisping on the call and it was some dude from the UK. And I hope that, uh, you know, I hope he gets a job somewhere else. Yeah. And Bisping and Felder, Felder, they've done so many fights and they're great when they're with John Anik. You know what I mean? Because he knows when to let them speak. Yeah. Because they're the fighters. They're the the color analysts. Yeah. They're they're the guys who during the fight are breaking it down, are telling you what you need. They've been there. Of course. What you need to see, what you're, what you're looking for. And then John is filling in, you know, the blanks and he's, 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 he's the one that is allowing the flow to happen correctly. And, you know, it was just, um, there was a couple of times actually in this Roman fight, the guy who was, you know, doing what John does in the middle of a sentence, just stopped talking because <laughs> it wasn't making any sense what he was saying, bro. He was literally talking and then, and then he just stopped talking. And then in another fight, he said that the striker was winning and then Bisping was arguing with him on air because Bisping was like, I'm telling you, if you get takedowns and you control the takedown, you're winning the rounds. And he was like, oh no, you, the guys, he's landing the punches. And, and he was like, I'm telling you, he's <laughs> losing the fight. And then, and then yeah. he lost. And Bisping was like, I told you he yeah, was he yeah. was going to lose. Don't argue with Bisping, so um, yeah, that was a noticeable uh, hole in the car. Maybe that's why Dana was so mad after the fight. Maybe. They <laughs> seemed agitated. But I had to shout out my boy, John Anik, bro. He's the best. Yeah, he's the GOAT. So, all right, guys, that's it for UFC Fight Island 2 recap. We got uh, E number three. We're going to talk about the fights coming up this Saturday, uh, what you should be looking forward to. And uh, then we're going to get into some social hours. So stay tuned. E number three coming at you now. All right, guys, E number three. We're talking Till versus Whitaker for the middleweight bout of UFC Fight Island 3. Uh, before we get to the rest of the card, talk to me a little bit about this fight because moving forward, uh, this fight is really what's going to get this division going, assuming Izzy and uh, Costa uh, you know, go in September. So what, what you got for me on this fight and uh, moving forward? Yeah, I feel like we're getting a, a clear picture in this division. Like I always text you in the group chat, 
I feel like this division is stuck in the mud. You know, you got EC, he's a superstar at top of that division. And after that, I feel like you got nothing. And, you know, maybe the UFC is not doing a great job promoting this division. They're only promoting Izzy. But Darren Till versus Whitaker can change that. With a great fight on Saturday night, they can change the landscape of the middleweight division. We need this to be a five-round war between mm. these two guys. Because, you know, Whitaker is a solid fighter. He went to war twice with... Uh, with uh, Joel Romero, and it was it, they're both great fights. So I need Darren Till to go out there, and you know that fight against Gaston was kind of boring. We were in in New York, yeah. And, you know the pace was not great. So we need to see a high level pace from these guys, and I need them to make the middleweight division great again. Yeah, because you know Izzy at the top with Paulo Costa, that's gonna be an exciting fight. But we need more from that division. We need we need lightweight vibes. We need featherweight vibes, Oof. bantamweight vibes in this division. And I'm not getting that right now from this division, but a masterpiece performance performance by one of these dudes in, on Saturday will change that for me. Yeah, I mean, dude, Darren Till, like, this dude came into the UFC with all the hype. Mm -hmm. All the hype. Yep. But he was fighting at welterweight. He was. And we now know, because of some of the videos he's posted on social, how absolutely gruesome yeah. that weight cut was for him. It was. He was always a bigger man in that division, but we see bigger guys fight in some divisions, but... Uh, it was a it was a tough 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 weight cut. So now I think he's at his correct weight, which is middleweight. And his first fight at middleweight was against Gustelum um, in New York. We were there, and he was coming off of that loss to Jorge Masvidal, where he got blacked out. Yeah, and he did even say after that fight he was dealing with being a little afraid in in, in that in that Gustelum fight to kind of mix it up and and to go back to. Um, you know, getting knocked out again. Not, he was not acting like a kill. He wasn't acting like a kill like he is. And in the promo, he said, I, I, I'm here to do what I set out to do. And it's not to get um, a billion. It's to be a legend. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, this can be the time for him to take that jump, bro. Because if you have a dominant performance, Darren Till, this Saturday, you can do what Burns did. You can jump the rankings, put yourself in a, in, in, in a spot for a, for a title contention at your correct weight. And I'll tell you right now, bro, Darren Till has hands. Darren Till can fight on the feet. He was winning that Masvidal fight, I think. Yeah, he was. Um, before he got blacked out. And, you know, Adesanya, he's got a little chink in the armor because when you look at it now, he fought Gustalum and Five we've nine. and we've seen him kind of fade away. You fought Romero, and it was a disappointing fight at disappointing as hell, actually. And you know you fought Whitaker, and if Whitaker, you know, gets it taken to him versus Till, I'm sitting here saying maybe maybe we haven't seen everything we need to see from from Adesanya to to crown him king. And um, I'm really looking forward to this fight. I, ho I hope Till takes it to him, bro. Yeah, I, I feel like people forgot about Darren Till. You know, he came, like you said, with so much hype into UFC. He got finished by Tyron Woodley. And then he got finished by Masvidal. And everybody said, oh, this guy's not the real deal. But I think he has a chance to prove the world that he's elite. Yeah. You know, in, on my book, he's not elite yet. He hasn't beat someone uh, that, that's on that elite level. And I think Whitaker is at that level. He was champ. He's been fighting the best of the best. He's going to war with the best of the best. So I think if Darren Till can come up with the win, he will be in a lot of people's um, elite list. You know yeah. what I mean? And if he gets a win, bro, he gets Alzania next. I mean, there, there's Jared Cannonier there waiting, but you know, 
He's not being promoted. But a lot he's of people not. Know yeah, he's he is. not the, the, the type so, of draw Till is. Yeah. So he, this, I mean, the key to be famous in the UFC and to be a superstar is to stay active. You look at Masfield, three knockouts in one year. Look where he is now. You look mm. at Gilbert Burns, brother. Gilbert Burns was fighting in the early prelims a year and a half ago. Yes, he was. And now he's going to be fighting in the main event for the welterweight championship. Why? Because he fought like five times in one year. So if you stay active, you do your job and you put people out, you're going to get title shots. You're going to get superstardom. And I think Darren Till can get that done with a win over Whitaker, but it's got to be in an impressive fashion. I don't want to see the same win against Kelvin Gastelum type. No, I agree. And it's a five-round fight. Um, so I'm really, really hoping that we're going to see Darren Till dig deep here because, like I said, he he came with a bunch of hype. He fought Wonder Boy. He beat Wonder Boy. He fought uh, Cerrone back in 2017 when Cerrone was much more of a, uh, you know, a big-time fighter. And he got that title fight versus Woodley. Got submitted, then went and fought Masvidal, got blacked out. And now I think he's at his correct weight division. So I'm looking forward to seeing him fight. Other fights on this card, man, um, that you guys may recognize uh, some of these names. Fabricio Wardoom, he's in there fighting at heavyweight versus Alexander Gustafson. Mm. Uh, that's uh, Gustafson's first fight at heavyweight. You guys know Alexander went to war with John Jones many years ago and um, also had another fight with him um, recently. Carla Esperaza, who's a woman's strawweight. Um, she's very popular, a good fighter going against uh, Marina Rodriguez, who's 12-0 and 2 and um, for the old time people out there who've been loving this game, Alex, Alex Oliveira is going versus Peter Sobata and our boy, mm. the, the werewolf, wolf. the wolf, <laughs> Chimavs, Chimavez <laughs> versus no picture, uh, McGee. Yeah, we don't we don't know how my key looks like, but well, let me let me talk about this uh, Fabrizio Werdum versus Gustafsson fight because this is Gustafsson. Uh, he's this is debut at, at heavyweight, at heavyweight yeah. and this guy almost beat John Jones, um, lost three to two to um, Daniel Cormier. I mean, this guy has been fighting for years, the best of the best. I mean, Cormier and John Jones, they're on the top ten of all times list in everybody's list. I mean, these guys are elite as it comes and he was close to beating them. So, you know, Fabrizio Werdum came off the tough loss against the ball constrictor on that Gaethje Ferguson mm -hmm. uh, card. So I think it'll be a good fight for both of them. Fabrizio needs to bounce back if he wants to be in the in the picture once again. And then Gustafsson, he coming coming out of retirement to face a great grappler like Werdum. So I think the fight is going to be very interesting because like I always say, grappling, over striking, but I don't know how fast and how athletic we're doing is at his age now and after all the beating that he's taking. So this is an interesting fight for me um, on Saturday night to watch. Yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, uh, Gustafson has fought in the likes of you know Anthony Josh uh, Johnson, Daniel Cormier. He's fought um, John Blackowitz, who's about to fight maybe for the title. He beat Blackowitz, right? He beat Blackowitz, yeah. He, uh, it was the co-main back in uh, UFC fight at 93. He submitted Glover he, Teixeira. Uh, he, yeah, he submitted Glover Teixeira. He, then he went back to war with John Jones. John Jones won. Then he lost Anthony Smith. No, no, he, submitted Anthony Smith. Finished Glover Teixeira, I think. Yeah. KO. Uh, Anthony Smith yeah, submitted uh, Gustafson. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. And then that's when he dropped the gloves in the ring and said, I'm out. And then Uncle Dana made a call, said, I'm going to give you a nice mm -hmm. little bag to come fight at a UFC Fight Night 174, a.k.a. UFC Fight Island 3. And he mm. said, I'm in. But I'm 6'5", 
I'm about uh, 33, 34 years old. Need to fight a heavyweight. Yeah. So yeah, I'm big. excited, bro. I'm excited for this fight. I think it's going to be a really good one. I think we're going to see a uh, a more rejuvenated Gustafson moving a little better. He's a little ginger on those feet sometimes. Yeah, he, he, he he's a little ginger on the on the heels. Reminds me of. Um, never mind. I'm not going to say it. We we haven't started the season yet. But uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a good fight, man. I think it's going to be a good fight. And no. then you got the likes of, you got something else on that fight? Yeah. No, I, I got the the fight of Carla Esparza. Yeah. Because um, I feel like that fight is what's going to be, the winner of that fight is going to be next for Amanda Rivas. I Ooh. think Amanda Rivas ranked what? He, she's number 12 right now. Esparza's number seven. Marina's number nine. So a win right there. We'll set up um, Amanda Rivas for her next fight. And I want to mm. watch her fight soon. I mean, so she took I. no damage against Spade. Yeah, she was bleeding a little bit, but nothing crazy. She took no damage in that fight. So she can fight next month if she wants. You know what I mean? So I, I'm excited for this fight because I want to see Amanda Rivas back out there. I think she's elite and her energy is contagious. So um, the UFC is promoting her well, already, bro. Amanda Rivas sitting there ringside with, with Uncle Dana. Man, we haven't said with Dana yet. I mean, she, the walk-up podcast needs to be there with Dana. Damn, bro. I know. I mean, she's doing the interviews, bro. She's on the camera. She's all over this, the, the social. People are loving her, bro. bro. That's what happened. We said it. You beat Paige Von Zandt. They set it up to beat her, mm -hmm. and they and it took off. They they knew what kind of personality they had with her. Yeah, and and they knew. You know, we talk about the female fighters, and you know, we know Amanda and Valentina. They're one of the greatest out there. The greatest out there. But when you look at those divisions, nobody's gonna beat Amanda at one forty-five. No, no. Nobody's gonna beat Amanda at one thirty-five. No. And nobody's gonna beat Valentina at one twenty-five. So no. when you look at the strawweight division in the women's division, it's the best division out there in the female. I mean, on the female side of it, you it's know, what the mean? I mean, it's the best by bro, far. I mean, you got Wei Lee, Wei Lee Rose, bro. You got Rose. Andrash. You got Joanna. Joanna. I Tatiana mean, Suarez, that she's got a neck injury, but she's a beast. Yeah. So you're saying this is the best division because it, it has one through 10 people who can win the, the belt because yeah. those other divisions are kind of locked up. Bro, you got Angela Hill. You saw the striking of that girl. Bro, she's, she's, she's fighting soon. She's 14. She's fighting again soon. Yeah. I mean, you got no competition. I mean, you, bro, you got Chukagan is number one at 125. Chukagan got respect, but. She had no the chance. Bullet. She had no chance in that fight. No. And then when you look at the Amanda division, nobody has a chance no. with that girl. They're so. all they're all fighting for second best. Yeah. In so, this division, you're 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 fighting to rise up to the to the possible title shot. And I know, bro, Wei Lee has showed me a lot. Wei Lee's legit. She's she elite, is bro. legit. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't think she showed us everything she possesses. Wei Lee versus Rose, bro. That's gonna be so good. Bro, don't forget. Don't forget when Wei Lee fought Joanna. Way back when we were in spring training, maybe it was March. March, bro. She was coming from from China. They were dealing with coronavirus for months. She flew everywhere. She was all over the map trying to train and 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 stay ready for this fight. And she walked into a fight with with a killer. Joanna's a killer, bro. She's yeah. she's a badass fighter. So mm -hmm. that fight alone, with us understanding how you know how much coronavirus can you know lock and bog things down at the time we weren't dealing with that yet yeah and she was yep. and so that performance to me now is even more impressive so True. i wouldn't just overlook her i mean i love thug you know she's she's like one of my favorite fighters now just something about her bro you just you just you just love, you just her. love her man yeah. you just really really do so um we got a lot of good fights man we got the werewolf back and uh if you guys didn't get to see the werewolf fight or the wolf fight 
<laughs> this past fight night. Go watch him, man. You're you're Go. gonna you're gonna be impressed. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's it for this fight card recap or upcoming uh, look ahead. Any number four is a social hour. Some interesting things in the social hour, including does Conor McGregor weigh more than me? We will discuss <laughs> next. All right, guys, welcome into inning number four, our social hour and our last inning of our podcast. We got some good stuff here. And before we get to the really kind of, you know, objective, funny stuff, Joseph Duffy, who unfortunately lost last night via submission, has retired. Yeah. He's retired. Once upon a time, beat Mr. McGregor. Yeah, bro, that was such a clickbait right there, bro. Trying to get people to read the article. You know, Joe <laughs> Duffy, the guy that once beat McGregor, ought to retire. <laughs> Come on, bro. But he's been around. He's been around and, and he's retired. So, uh, you know, that's a, little, uh, that's a little update for everybody out there. But to the real stuff, um, have, you seen, have you seen these pictures of Conor McGregor at the beach? Oh, my man blew up. He's been he's been eating and drinking a lot of proper twelve. My guy, my guy's my over man's two on hunch. The, my man's living life with oh. the proper twelve and lighting up the the OJ. Uh, smoking some weed like Nate Diaz. Is is, is is he telling us he's gonna fight Diaz next? I don't think I don't think it's that deep. No, it's I don't not. think it's that deep. I mean, I think my man. Um, I think he came back for that fight in January. I think that he thought after that fight in January, he was going to be back. Conor McGregor, he's back. And um, he was going to get a big fight, maybe even against Khabib. And uh, it hasn't panned out. I think he just, I think he's just over it, bro. I know, I know the pandemic hit and everything, but the bank account's just running up and he's sitting on his ass. Yeah. I told you when the UFC was promoting the fight and they were like, Conor McGregor, just be cowboy. And he said he's going to fight three times this year. He's focused. He's not drinking whiskey no more. He's bro, you know what I told you? I said, bro, that's just cap. I mean, they're trying to take out Bro, I'm going to buy the pay-per-view. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to buy the pay-per-view. You don't have to sell me all this bullshit for me to buy the pay-per-view. I'm going to watch the pay-per-view. I'm going to watch the fight. But Conor is not coming back anytime soon. He needs at least six to nine months to get in shape to fight Gaethje or Habib. Well, the problem is when you're talking about Conor McGregor, you're talking about facing other killers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, not yeah. talking about just fighting some, oh. you know, some rando. Um, yeah, he's not coming back to he, fight, you know, Cerrone again. Yeah. He's coming back to fight Poirier. Yeah. Gaethje, Gaethje Habib. Habib. I mean, these guys. Maybe you, Masvidal. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe he's blowing up for Masvidal. Maybe, bro. <laughs> maybe he's yeah, blowing up for the Masvidal yeah. fight. I mean, um, my man's look, he's working the thick club. <laughs> he's the thick boy now. Yeah. Uh, how much do you think he weighs? I think he weighs 205 right now. Easy, bro. No way. He's five, what, 5'10? Five, no, he's not. He's 5'10? No, he's not. Oh, bro, you're 10. Bro, bro I Bregman saw him weighs next, 200. I saw him stand next to Bregman. He's not 5'10. Connor's a maybe 5'8 and a half, 5'9. Okay. So Bregman weighs 200. 200. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's in the two hunch, bro. Reggie's in call the two him. hunch, bro. Yeah, we'll call, call him, him right now. Call, we'll call, confirm. We'll pop him up later. on the pop him up on here. We'll confirm. But Connor is definitely a lot bigger than Bregman right now. Let me call my boy A B. Tell you guys what, what else we got. Uh Dana White um will not commit to our boy Al Jermaine for the freaking title fight versus Jan. What does he have to do? It's disappointing, man, because Aljo deserves that title shot. He has been dominating the best of the best in that division. Breggy, he's right here. 
Reggie, we're recording Reggie, the you're podcast. You're on the walkout Everybody podcast. You. Reggie, we're 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 f debating over here how much you weigh. One yeah, bro. 195. I said two hundred. Have you? Have he you said ever, he would cut to one fifty five. Hey, you're gonna, fight, you're gonna fight at 155. You already cut to 120. <laughs> another question: Did you ever weigh 200 during the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, he did. No, you didn't. I was working out with you. You were in the 180s during the pan. We're talking about Conor McGregor, right? And the way he looks at the beach, he's thick and everything. <laughs> he's about your height, so I'm saying he's about 205 because he looks he's big. He's big. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, in, in that range where our boy Alex right. Reckman, he's going to be in the, in the walk-up podcast at some point with us because he knows a lot about the MMA. I'll catch you later, brother. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. I think Connor is floating around 193. Easy. 193 easy. They're taking it easy on him. Uh, my boy thick, bro. <laughs> he drinking proper 12 by the beach, carrying the baby, not exercising in France, bro. He's eating that pasta I would everywhere. Wait. I would get up to one, 250. I mean, if I'm retired, it's, you know, 250. enjoy life. So Dana White, like I said, will not commit to Aljamain Sterling for the title. We thought that that fight back against um, uh, your boy, Cody. Mm -hmm. Sanhagen. Sanhagen was going to be for the number one contender. And he whooped him, submitted him in the first 30 seconds. Easy. 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 And we're not, and, 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 and he, even after that fight was like, oh, he's definitely going to be, you know, the one after the Aldo fight, whatever, whatever. And now he won't do it. And, and, and Peter Yan keeps mocking him. Yeah. I mean, Peter Yan keeps rubbing it in his face. Peter Yan is a bad dude, but I saw a tweet today from Marlon Moraes, which makes a lot of sense. He said, I KO Al Jermaine Sterling. True. I KO Jimmy Rivera. True. I beat Jose Aldo. So that makes me the number one contender for the title. And it's hard for me to debate that. But when you look back, he beat Aljamain before Aljamain was Aljo. Right. The but, one he but, is now. But it's not a, I don't, I don't think it's more about that. It's more about the way Dana was selling that Corey Sanhagen fight yeah, true. against Sterling. He was making it feel like this is the, this is the fight for the next contender for the and title people, after either Aldo or Yon, and a lot of people felt like that's that was the fight for the title. That should have everybody been the fight. felt that way. Yeah. So uh, it sucks for our boy Aljo because I love him and he's such a great fighter and he's been grinding to get this title shot. Yeah. But you know, Uncle Dana at the end of the day is gonna do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Talk to me about talk to me about No Chin, uh, Cody. Wow. If Cody guesses over Aljamain, number three. Talk to me about that because Cody was nine. Oh, Cody can get that. Cody was nine. UFC and then he Cody. beat Rafael Asuncao, and he jumped six spots to number three. And Ahead Cody, of the guy that slept him, and Cody and Jan have a backstage history. They got a back. They got they got a scuffle history. Oh, bro, that'll be that'll be so bad if they UFC do that. If they do that to to um, Aljo, bro, or Marias at that point, because I can I can make the argument for Al for Aljamain um, over Marias, but I can't make the argument for Cody over either of those guys right now. Yeah, obviously I'm not a UFC matchmaker, for, but in the perfect world, I'll have Cody Marias and then Aljo for the championship. Mm. In a perfect world, I like that. I mean? But at the end of the day, they know what's gonna generate pay per view, right? Buy, so right, we'll see.
It's a stacked division, bro. I hope that Al Jermaine gets his shot. And honestly, man, if I was him, I would just, uh, fine. You want you want Marias to go fight Jan? Let him go. Let him fight him. I'll uh, wait here. Now that you say it's a stacked division, what if Sean Miley beats Chito Vera in a convincing way and then he fights Cody Stamen or Jimmy Rivera? Um, I Do you think he's ready for that? I don't want to see him fight Jimmy Rivera. I don't want to see him fight, fight Rafael Asuncio. Uh, I don't want to see him fight Jose Aldo. I would, I would like, I would go for the Cody Stamen fight. Right. I would go for a Dominic Cruz fight. Mm. Um, I would even go for a Corey Sanhagen fight. A Dominic dare Cruz I say, fight might be tougher than you think. No, I'm, I'm naming tough fights yeah. that that I think he could put him do well and put him on the map. So I would, I could see him Dominic Cruz. I could see him Cody Stamen. I could see him even Corey Sanhagen. Oh, that man throws bombs mm. and is vicious. Um, but I don't want to see him fight any grapplers yet. I want I want his hype to build. Mm. I want it to build nice and take slow. Take it slow. Yeah, he needs to take it slow. Yeah. Don't do anything too early and, and don't get exposed. Yeah. I mean, when you're ranking in top 15, you can spend too much time fighting unranked opponents. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We've been we've been calling for him to fight uh, a, a much more um, popular or, or, or well-known ranked opponent for a couple fights now. Yeah, I think Cody Samuel will be, will be a good one. That'd be a good fight. Yeah. So we got Izzy versus Acosta. Acosta said on his on his Twitter that it's happening September 19th. I was like, ah, oh, shit, that means he's probably going to replace Khabib versus Gaethje, mm -hmm. which we don't know what's really happening with that yet. Dana said he's going to give Khabib as much time as he needs. Dude, that fight is only, what, six weeks away? Seven weeks away? September? September nineteenth, yeah, like that, yeah. Six, seven weeks away. Mm -hmm. I mean, bro, if, if Khabib's not training right now, he's not going to make that fight. I mean, he's been training this whole time after Ramadan, so I don't see why it would be a problem. But you know, obviously, his dad passing away. I think that's what's delaying it a little bit. But you know, we talked about this already. If it's in November, December, January, February, I would love that, bro. Early March. No, where's no February. Early February. So it's the last one. Bro, we're going. I'm going. We're going. And we're bringing going. a walk-up podcast with us. Over I'm there. going. And yeah. We're recording. I'm going to wear a walk-up podcast hat, shirt, sweatpants, and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, wait, wait, wait. Izzy versus Costa. You think it's going to happen in September? I hope so. I hope so. It's, it's going to be a great fight. It's not a fight that I would like to go to, watch it live. I want to see the, the bombs on TV. Um, and obviously, you know, with the, the season, the bombs, the bombs. Yeah. yeah. On TV. <laughs> so you said bombs. Oh, no, no. The bombs <laughs> on TV. And I think it will be a solid fight because Easy is a counter striker. You know what I mean? That's why the Romero fight was so boring because Romero is the same way. But Paulo is going to bring the fight. He's going to bring He's it, push forward. He's He's, he thinks it. he thinks Israel's too skinny to handle his leg kicks. So we'll see, man. I, I mean, he's <laughs> real skinny, bro. The fact that that guy can weigh in. At 185, 185 literally is mind blowing. Yeah. Wow. It's mind blowing. How much he weighs? He said two what? Two. Back back at the fight when yeah. he was blown up, he said, I thought he was like 240, 250 something yeah. Yeah, back he then. Great. He was coming off surgery, but still, uh, he looks in great shape right now. So uh, Izzy versus Acosta would be would be a great fight. I'd like to see that, but I would rather see Khabib versus Justin, but maybe not because maybe we'll back it up and we'll get to go. Mm, the Waka Podcast in Vegas, baby. Let's go. So, uh, Fazeev is in his hotel room and he is listening, I guess, or watching uh, Dana announce the 
post-fight performances, and he wins a performance bonus. And you can see it means a lot to this guy. I mean, it, oh, this guy's, listen, this guy's make 25000 30000 yeah. $40,000 to fight, to show up and fight. And then they get a win bonus. So you show up, you make your, you get your check, you win, you get your check. And then if you put a great performance, you win performance of the night, that's 50K more. I mean, to these guys, that means a lot. A lot of you guys I know follow boxing. And you say, oh, but the fighters make millions of dollars. No, these guys don't make millions of dollars. This guy, you got Jordan De Castro fighting in the main card of a pay-per-view making, making $12,000. 12K. So 50000 for everybody is a lot of money. So these guys get excited. And it was great to it see that cool reaction. See. So what you got on this Kelvin tweet? Basically, the tweet says... It was a terrible performance. He tagged Mickey. He tagged Dana. Said that you know he's got a, a, a lot more to show. I mean, where does Kelvin go from here, bro? Because he, you know, he ain't really he ain't gonna get something big right now. He, he's got to he's got to kind of reinvent himself and, and and prove something. Yeah, he said it was an embarrassing performance and something like that. I read, and yeah. I think, like I said before, he needs to you know take some time off, work on his jujitsu work on whatever he needs to work because the, the UFC right now is evolving and every single day you see more calf kicks and more ground game. And if your ground game is not good, you're never going to be champion in the, in the UFC nowadays. Right. So when you see, when you look at the UFC every now, every, every so and then like baseball, basketball, everything, it evolves and it starts changing. And right now the calf kicks and the ground game is taking over the UFC. I so agree. you need to work on these things. He needs to go back, take six months off, reset, find maybe a new, um, new camp, coach, new coach. Yeah, a new camp and figure out the things that are not working out for him. Because one, mentally, he doesn't look like he's right. And two, his ground game was bad uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, so. it was more than, it was more to me when I watched it. He just didn't really know. Because you have some guys, I'll, I'll, I'll say like, I'll go with Connor. Because we're talking about Connor in this segment. Connor's not a ground guy. He's mm -hmm. not a ground guy. But he does a pretty good job stuffing the takedowns. Mm -hmm. And if he's not completely exhausted, he does a pretty good job down there and 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 getting up and 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 surviving. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this was like my man didn't know what was going on down there. No. And like as you mentioned, and way back when we um, you know, when we discussed this, the UFC is no longer just a place guys go and throw bombs mm -hmm. to try to to win some fights and get some money. These guys are training for this sport through and through from the time they are 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, all the way up. These guys are full on combat sport, you know, machines. So I agree with you, man. I agree with you. And it, it wasn't a great performance, but sometimes in the fight game, it happens. And this is what, this is what they need, bro. Yeah. This the is UFC, what they need. Bro, in the UFC, you can have Mayweather speed and defense and you can have Mike Tyson's power. And if your ground game sucks, you're not going to win fights against yeah. the grapplers. You're not going to win. That's a good point. We'll see how Nganu comes, starts to do on the second time around. He starts fighting these elite guys at the mm -hmm. top again. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm excited to see his ground game because he's going to be taken down. Yeah. Against the elite guys, he's going to get taken down. Yep. And I want to see him evolve with that ground game. Although I saw in the Embedded series when he was going to fight, he saw that match and he said, take those off. I don't grapple. <laughs> I knock guys out. Yeah, I put people because I'm fighting Rosenstruck. <laughs> I don't got to worry about nothing, bro. Oh, bro, and Gano, we love you, bro. All right, guys, that's it for episode 11. Let me tell you something. If you're listening to this podcast right now, that means that the next time you hear us, 
we will have already been officially in the baseball season. Yes, sir. So we appreciate you guys rocking with us. We're going to be getting you episodes as often um, as we have been. Hopefully, we're going to be taking our equipment on the road, doing the whole damn thing. So we appreciate you guys for uh, for the listen as always and hope that you guys catch us and uh, get to see my boy uh, and my co-host, Mr. Carlos Correa, hit balls to Mars. Oh, this show... And this podcast would not be possible without you guys. So thank you so much. And I can't wait, bro. I can't wait to play yeah. behind you once again. Woo! My boy's going to come back after, long. what, two years? It's been, it's been, almost? it's been almost, it's been, yeah, 2022, 20, 2021, 20, 22 months. It's been a long time. Yeah. So my boy's coming back strong. He's looking good. He's looking ready to go out there and compete for the Cy Young. So I can't wait, brother. <laughs> The next episode is going to be fire because you probably have one start on the rebel. I'll have a start, yeah. Have a start. Yeah, for sure. So let's yeah. go, baby. All right, guys. We'll see you.